Hey, Sid. Hey, Rayon. How's it going? It's going so great. How are you? I am still surviving. I feel like that's, still the surviving. Only, that's the only way we'll get through this. Do you think that my Minnesotan accent will help? Or Obviously. No? All the uplifting. <laughs> As always. Hilarity. I don't get to see you. Uh, so. Love it. I need my, my Sid moments. Well, good. We'll do that then. What's your update? Well, this week, I'd like to just touch on something that we've probably all been doing a little bit more of recently. I know you and I have, Mm -hmm. Um, but I have been really enjoying all of my video hangs with my friends and family. So I have like really leaned into doing um, happy hour calls and Sunday evening family dinner calls and brunch calls. So it's actually been really nice because while we can't see people still, unfortunately, um, we have really leaned into our tech ability and been able to connect with people in different ways. Now, this does not replace the hugs that I miss so much, but it does give me a chance to see people and catch up with people. And actually, surprisingly, slash not really surprisingly, I guess, um, I've connected with people through video chat that I probably could have been before, but I think because we're all feeling super locked in, we're like, why not do this? Like, let's grab a glass of wine. And I think because I didn't think of this until just now, but we also have the time to do it too. Yeah. So like the friend groups who are all out of town, it's usually like, do you want to do this on a Friday night? And people are like, oh, I got stuff. I got kids. I got yada. But now that people are like, well, I guess I'll just be home. So yeah, I've got it's like, time. This is a beautiful reprieve. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. From so, my, my couch. <laughs> to move in a different room, put my face on. Actually, who am I kidding? I never put my face on. But, um, but it's been really nice. And even though like my... Uh, family that lives in town we are all in town but we're social distancing um, responsibly so we've been doing like Sunday dinner hangs and you know I love my Sunday dinner with my fam Um, but since we can't get together right now we've done like a call and caught up about our week which is what we would do if we were in person so that's been really nice too and we're just we're adjusting and adjustment is uh is good flexibility is good it's uh, probably the most my family and I have FaceTimed ever in the history right. of the world, which is seriously uh, like normal. We, we usually just do phone calls. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to have a video chat and be like, oh, hey, mom, uh, it's nice. To, and in my case, my mom doesn't live here. So you get to see your mom when we're not More isolated. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I see. And my I mom did drop groceries off for them. So I did get to see them at a safe distance. Oh, that's nice. So. That was nice. But it was weird not to, like, run up and hug and then leave with a hug goodbye. Um, But a a strong wave was just fine. (laughs) So I miss hugs so much. I know. And you know I'm not even a big hugger. And I I desperately miss hugs. Oh, I can't wait. Same. Same, same. Um, So that's my update. What about you, Bron? So uh, obviously in the circumstances we're in, a lot of people have been in this mode of, like, need comedic relief and some good laughs. So I wanted to throw a 
funny show recommendation out there that we just recently started. Um, we're watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine on Hulu, and it is friggin' hilarious. hilarious. Yes. So good. And is this your first time watching? Yes. So oh, I've all- so good. I've always been an Andy Samberg fan uh, from his early days on SNL and uh, all the great movies and the like back when we were in college, like the joke video, uh, music videos that he did, like I'm on a boat and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Hot Rod is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's hilarious. So the fact that I haven't watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine until now is kind of surprising. It's a crime. I should be arrested <laughs> by Andy Sandberg's character. Um, no, but it's like so I'm I like die laughing every episode. So I will say that if you need something that's just like hilarious and a good laugh to brighten your day, uh, it's worth a watch. I would totally agree. I have been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine since it premiered. I think all of the characters are fantastic. Chelsea Peretti is so good oh my god so good so good and the the chief is so good Mm -hmm. like all of the characters have such well-developed character that you're just like everybody serves their purpose in the best and most necessary way um so i totally agree i think it is well worth a watch i actually think now that you've brought this up what we should do for an upcoming episode is because we're consuming so much more tv than usual um we should fast forward our uh hot takes on tv and even though we know that easily goes for like an hour um I think that we might need to bring it back sooner rather than later because we're, we're taking in a lot of TV right now. I think that's a great idea. I'm all in. And you uh, heard Brooklyn it here Nine-Nine. first. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine will be at the top of the list. For sure. For sure. So that's exciting. I'm glad you've added that. I have to think about funny. I've been, I've been doing a strong rewatch of uh, How I Met Your Mother. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It did not hold up well. <laughs> As far as, like, PC language goes, it's funny still, but I'm like, oh, wow, like, this, a lot of this is just, like, not okay to say, so. Oh, my um, God. That was a, a fun revisit, for sure. Um, we, yeah, we rewatched the pilot, and then Dan was like, nah. It's a, it's a, the long game, for sure. Yeah. It's a good, like, background noise show, not one that you really have to pay attention to. That's fair. Um, but it was funny to be like, whoa, this did not hold up the way uh, <laughs> the way we thought it would. So I'll have to come up with a new one. I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> we'll loop it in our future hot takes on TV apps. We will do that. Um, all right, Bron, what are we talking about today? Give it to me straight. So in early March, back when we used to attend events, <laughs> Sid and I... <laughs> went to a workshop that was uh, so wonderful. It was called Can't Do It All Workshop, hosted by licensed marriage and family therapist in Rochester, Elena Brubaker. Uh, She's also known as at Elena underscore talks underscore therapy on Instagram, which we'll link in show notes, queenspeaking.com slash 116. But the workshop was so insightful and Um, Obviously, we attended this in early March, but we had a plan to do a recap, but obviously all the things with COVID-19 and quarantine. And so we wanted to, um, we put this on hold so that we could uh, do a little shift in content. And uh, it's now actually super relevant in a slightly different way. 
um, for sure, in terms of like content and what she talked through. And so I feel like um, going through some of the learnings of the workshop is really what we want to do today. But thinking about how like the what is covered, obviously, in the name can't do it all very relevant. Many of us Mm -hmm. feel trapped by pressure and expectation to keep doing more. Uh, I feel it all the time. Um, And that obviously leads to stress and anxiety. And so we found a lot of her tips um, to organize our lives according to our values and priorities really valuable and insightful. And so we wanted to talk through that uh, today. Yes, I am super excited about this. Um, I think in addition to there being some like crazy eye-opening realizations, I could probably easily do this episode for multiple hours just because not only was the information that was shared so fantastic, but what the takeaways were from our perspective mm-hmm. were also like equally as fantastic. Um, so we're going to, you know, try to make it the, the highlight version and hope that Elena um, does another one of these that we can attend again and everybody who wasn't able to attend them who are here in Rochester um, can attend the next one but it really was such a fulfilling way to spend the morning and I realized that you know how and this is so funny that it's the can't do it all I've definitely signed up for events in the past and when the day rolls around to do it I'm like wow I'm like really tired and I could probably stay in bed all day but I signed up for this thing and I'm gonna go And I could feel myself getting to that point on the day that we were going to this event. And I wasn't there yet. And I was really thrilled to go. Um, But I I was starting to get that feeling in my chest of like, okay, it's probably time to slow down. Maybe in a couple weeks, little did I know that it was going to be (laughs) totally against my will. Hey, let us Uh, (laughs) flip your world upside down. (laughs) So timing. Um, But this was definitely one of those events that I was like, I am so glad that not only I you know, was here and showed up and brought my whole like attention span with me, but also to share that space with so many women who also were ready to do that kind of work and share Mm -hmm. openly. So there was just so many um, angles to this that were incredibly fulfilling. And and so I'm really, really excited to get into this today. Um, So let's do that. Let's get into it. Well, one of the things that uh, was interesting is she kind of kicked it off as like defining your need to do it all origin story. And I felt like this was a really interesting way to frame it um, because obviously so many of us feel like we're supposed to be super busy in quotes um, or living up to what we see on social media. And obviously uh, when we feel like our lives should look like someone else's highlight reel, we feel tension and resentment. And to like have someone talk us through that was actually really helpful of like, oh, we're not alone in this feeling. And obviously what can come from that too is like we can feel competitive or feel the urge to do more. And when we feel like um, when we actually like take a minute to look at why we feel a certain way, um, we can recognize that uh, where the pressure's coming from and like figure out or define it as healthy or not healthy. And I think about like the, when she framed it as like, what's your origin story around this is like, where's this rooted in and actually sitting down and thinking about like, what did this, how, how did I get this way? Or like, what is the, where am I like, feeling the pressure and is it something that I'm doing to myself or is there something that I can like 
be more conscious of uh, is actually really helpful. And I think um, we can find ourselves on a slippery slope sometimes. And if we tie our worth and value to delivering on all the things, um, we'll obviously crash. And so no one wants to do that. And so I think this exercise and like sitting down and actually feeling and thinking through like what, where this is coming from and why you're feeling this way um, actually pinpoints the things that you can start to think about and consider. And I, I feel like when we're doing all the things, uh, it's hard for us to like take that moment to do it. But that's like, that's the thing that needs to happen first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, so we got these packets when we got to, um, it was at the Rochester Brainery in Rochester, New York, um, which is a beautiful space to hold any kind of like open conversation event in or class or whatever you're looking for, obviously always plugging for the Rochester Brainery. But it really was a fantastic place to be able to connect with other people um, in this very green and well lit. There was beautiful sunlight that day. Um, But we got this packet that we, you know, could take notes in. And as you know, Bron, I am a fairly visual learner. Um, And so having something like that was really helpful. And when we started and you talk about origin story, um, I think the first thing that always comes to mind for me is like superheroes and like, (laughs) (laughs) what is like Spider-Man's origin story or something like that? It feels very um, deep rooted. It feels like it is a well thought out and Um, very deep within us type of story. So even just visualizing that to begin with really helped like open us up to start having a conversation that right off the bat was vulnerable and um, honest and something that we might not used to might not be used to doing maybe in public or necessarily in a group with other people. But I think it really allowed us to dig a little deeper than maybe we would have if the phrasing was different. So I love the way that this started and um, that we were all like kind of in agreement as a group. While this was like a personal origin story that we thought about, there was a lot of agreement around the narrative that our origin stories stories followed. And I'm sure there's like a million reasons for that. Um, but I really appreciated in that moment that we were all like kind of agreeing to dig deep and get vulnerable and share that like this isn't just my origin story it's probably like the person sitting next to me the person across the room who may live a totally different life than I do um, but they're rooted in some of the same pieces and so I really loved starting that way and I think if someone was going to do some of the pieces of this workshop at home I think taking the time to figure out where that all starts is challenging, but totally worth it to get going on on doing some of that like deeper intentional work. Yeah. And I, I feel like the other thing that was really nice about it being an in-person workshop, the way that it was framed and structured is like the way that you're feeling when you feel overwhelmed or buried is so isolating and it feels like it's impossible to get out of that. And I think to be in a room with a bunch of people that were also feeling the same way felt like, hey, we're in this together. Like, we've got this. And there was, like, a sense of camaraderie and also just, like, comfort in knowing that, like, you're not alone in feeling this way. And a lot of people struggle with this in their own way. And giving us a chance to say, like, okay, I know my story is different than the person sitting next to me, but what are we all doing as we're writing notes in our worksheets to, like, work through this? But 
collectively as a whole. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it was a, a really great community feel and mm-hmm. right off the bat like elena made us feel like okay you're not crazy for thinking this and we've all felt this at certain points so now we're going to figure out how do we grow from that origin story that either we've told ourselves or someone else has told us or is um some place that we can really learn from and not beat ourselves up about um and so i, I appreciated that starting point because i think it really set the tone for the rest of the day yes yeah, uh i think Add in terms of like moving from piece to piece, another thing that I, I felt really like that I loved about this is that um, you're trying to figure out and pinpoint like what's the origin story? Why do you feel this way? And then identifying like what actually is always on your mind, what's on your mental load, um, and what can you think about letting go of? And I think having it framed in the way that Elena framed it, um, obviously like your mental load is this invisible burden that we carry. And again, it's something that I think women, especially people with families, uh, have so much that's on their plate because they feel responsible for doing all the things. And so we wonder, is it enough? It obviously is an opportunity when we're taking a, a second to take a beat and be like, what is on my mental load? Like what is what's weighing on me um, and identifying the categories that kind of like are the hubs of these things. So whether that's work, your home life, family, social life, etc. cetera, um, what are the things that you're thinking about or aware of or need to get done that exist in each of those buckets? buckets? Um, and I think just taking a minute to be like, wow, there's a lot that I'm thinking about. And like some things are things that you're thinking about that you actually don't need to be responsible for or you don't need to be the person thinking about or doing or executing on it and this kind of goes back a little bit to that episode where we talked about um that one book of like oh my gosh i can't remember the name of it um but that one lady who wrote the book about uh fair play i think it was called about like roles in relationships and family life Mm -hmm. um so to me this like very much related back to that moment of like okay here are all the things that i'm thinking about here are the things that i can start to let go of um and it reminds me like the thing that i immediately connected to is like when i feel stressed and overwhelmed i write about what's on my mind so that i can shift it to like this is on a piece of paper or it's now on a to-do list or it's an action item for the future and i don't have to think about it anymore and so this act of writing out all the things that we have allows us to like see it in front of us in a way that I think, to your point about being a visual learner, you're like, whoa, why am I even thinking about that? That should be my husband's responsibility. <laughs> but you're mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah, I really care absolutely. about the dishes being done, but he's not doing them. So um, not to <laughs> cite a true example or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. <laughs> so obviously it's, often really hard for us to realize when it's okay to ask for help. Um, But this is an opportunity for us to really take things off of our plate. So thinking about what can we do to adjust timelines for things? What can we say no to? How can we adjust our own perspective? Is this something that we actually are really responsible for? Yeah. 
I really enjoyed going down this path because I think it's the last thing that we tend to do is ask questions. We kind of just like spin out (laughs) or we feel stuck and we don't know how to get ourselves out of that headspace. And I agree with you. I write out as well to make sure it's like getting out of my brain and somewhere else. But that's kind of where it stops instead of asking those questions that allows you to then answer them and then create a path forward. Um, And so I, I really enjoyed that piece of the workshop to be like, oh, there is a way out when you feel stuck. You just have to think of those questions and Mm -hmm. you have to remember that those questions are able to be asked. They don't have to like stay within your being or feel like you have to push them down. Yeah. And I liked actually, uh, there were a few people that kind of pushed on this and they were like, well, I feel like I have asked for help and I, they haven't done it or like they're, they do it sometimes, but they don't do it all the time. And, right. or like, I have to keep asking and that frustrates me. And so it was actually really reassuring to hear Elena say, especially from like a therapist perspective is like, sometimes people just need to like hear it more than once. And you have to be okay knowing that you're going to have to have this conversation a few times because in order for like people to shift and like have this conversation, like just because we feel like we're nagging, but it's actually, if you're framing it as like, hey, I know we've had this conversation and I know it's going to take a minute for us to like get used to this new routine. I just want to reiterate that this is something that I still need help with and like consistently need help with. And if there's a way that we can work through it, it's like also hearing that it's okay to have this conversation and to continue to ask in different ways, I think was also a little bit reassuring to be like, I think it's hard to work through that and feel like, well, I have to ask again. And Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe I have to ask again. Right. And then it's like, is that more my problem or is that their problem? Mm -hmm. And I think we make it like we make it that it's our problem to have to worry about it versus giving the other person some credit and understanding that like saying something once, like, does that stick for us ever? The answer is usually no. So how can we expect it to stick for someone else? And the the emphasis that was placed on communication and perspective shifting and things that are take patience and take mm-hmm. work and take multiple tries was really helpful because I think we all think, and you know that I would love to be great at everything I do on the first shot. That's just how my brain works. But realizing, like, and giving yourself some grace and giving the other person grace, like, Mm -hmm. that that sense of strong communication comes with... consistency it doesn't happen all at once and it and it shouldn't because if it came all at once it's like oh so you really did know the whole time and you just were refusing to (laughs) like there's like the other side of that coin as well and so that um that constant but thoughtful and um acknowledgement of it being a two-way street and the communication being super important from both angles or all angles was so helpful and being like okay like why am I framing this as nagging where they might not even be doing that and if it is nagging how can I change my voice my tone how I'm how I'm framing it like how can I make changes that helps us do this together as a we versus me putting something on you mm-hmm. um, and making it about the team versus the person. So, so, so true. I think the other thing too is that there's a reality where there are things that are going to have to stay on your plate. And mm-hmm. that's where I think being realistic about like maybe saying no when you can or giving flexibility to like the level at which you deliver on things. Um, 
and and being like i don't have to this is like another conversation about like perfection Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's like okay give yourself a little space to be like will it still be okay if i deliver like 80 percent on this instead of 150 (laughs) right right because it doesn't feel like enough when you're like hey 80 is still passing 80 is still really good (laughs) so can that just be enough today it doesn't have to be forever but today Yeah. And I think also in that the space where we're having conversations about like, I need your help on this. And if neither of you or like, say it's a conversation with your roommate or your partner, um, if you if both of you can't come to an agreement on like how you're going to like parse out the tasks, um, being realistic about like, hey, if neither of us can do this, like, let's start to like, let's have a house clean cleaner come and do like, we will pay someone to do this work. And obviously that requires some level of like financial independence and like budget for things. But I think that's part of this conversation is like, if you have the ability to outsource some of the things that are on your list or that are weighing on your mind, there's value in communicating that in a way that's like, I will be a happier person and a better person because this is a thing that's important to me, but I don't have the ability to follow through on it in the way that I need to be or that I want it to be followed through on. And that's such an eye-opening conversation too. I think, you know, you can gain a lot from having that with the person that you need to have it with because they'll either be receptive to it because you've been thoughtful or they won't. And that in and of itself is a huge eye opener and be like, okay, maybe we should be having a different conversation than the one that we're having. Or like, this feels really good. I'm being vulnerable with someone that I care about and they're hearing me and respecting me. And that like deepens any relationship, whether it be a partner, a roommate, a family member, whoever it is. And like, we deserve to have those types of relationships and being able to dig in on this stuff really allows us to have them differently. So I, I really appreciate that, um, that way of going about it, that it really shows you more than just maybe what's at hand, but it shows you so much more as well. Um, I, again, the packet that Elena gave us, I found really helpful and I kept it. (laughs) And on the page that when we were talking about the mental load, um, there are six circles that were like meant to help us really identify and um, articulate what was on our mental load. And I don't know about you, but I found that super helpful. Mm -hmm. But I also had this moment where I felt super guilty about writing down things that were on my mental load because they also happen to be things that I really enjoy and care about. So Mm -hmm. that told me, I'm like, okay, so the things that are on my mental load kind of can live in two categories and how am I identifying what is too much, what is just enough and what isn't enough. And so that visual of being able to not only write them down and separate them so they weren't just like all glommed together as my mental load, but really identify the different pieces of it, I found so, so helpful. Yeah, because if the things, like one of the things that I thought was interesting is that uh, like you have different reactions when you feel overwhelmed and and you're feeling stress and anxiety, the things that bring you joy actually like start to stress you out where it's like, I always loved when my mom called me on the phone and now I'm like, oh, mom, why? Like when you have those <laughs> thoughts, that should be a red flag for you. So it's also like identifying and this is like the the later part where you're like thinking about like, what are the triggers to this? Or how do I know how to like take a minute to reassess? Because I think there's, there's a part of it where it's like, 
what's on your mental load and what are the things that bring you joy and what are the things that are stressing you out right and doing less right of and i found it stress me out things <laughs> seriously and that's why i was like okay so like you know that i go to therapy so i'm like okay what of these things like that simultaneously can bring me joy and also stress me out how do I talk about those things with my therapist and say like okay how do I draw those boundary lines what are my steps here why are these things stressing me out when they may never have before and leaning on for me I'm leaning on that person that has like like has been there to help me work through all these things and if you know you're not in therapy or you don't have um, a, a direct person that comes right to mind like think about Think about the people that you go to with your other stuff and your square squad, as we've talked about before, mm-hmm. um, and really think about like, okay, how do I work through that challenge um, of of making that divide, but also not ignoring the fact that there are things that I love that also stress me out. Like, is there timing conflicts? Is it like, what specifically is it that you can, again, draw that boundary line around um, that helps you work through it? So I just found that exercise really, really helpful, not for just what it showed me, but for what like the visual and the ability to write things out really gave us on how to move forward. Oh, yeah. It's amazing what that'll do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the next part is probably the biggest and most important piece of all of this. Resetting your expectations against your values. And this part really This was like mind-blowing. Yeah. It did a number for me. Um, It can obviously be really challenging to reset your own expectations, especially when you're like at a 12 on a scale of one to 10. Um, And I definitely like relate super hard to this (laughs) right now. (laughs) You're like, I'm laughing, but I'm crying. (laughs) Um, But obviously when you get used to doing all the things or like delivering in a way that's like, when people are asking stuff of you and you're like, yes, 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 yes. People just think that you can handle it. And you also feel like you have control over everything. But the second that you like hit your breaking point and you're the one that's like, ah, everybody else is like, I thought you could handle this. What's going on? (laughs) Exactly. Which is like the most shocking part because like, when I find myself getting irritated at other people for not knowing what's inside my head, I'm like, okay, that's your problem. (laughs) Right. No one can fix that except for you. (laughs) Right. So in this part of the workshop, what was really interesting, instead of being like, you just have to reprioritize, she had a list of uh, values, which is uh, referenced from... uh, Brene Brown's list, which we'll link to in show notes. Again, queenspeaking.com slash 116. Um, but being able to like look at that list and like circle or check mark the things that we care about and being like, you know what? I don't care about sportsmanship. I don't care about, you know, pride. I care about <laughs> loyalty and friendship and care like compassionate people. <laughs> And being able to like see that there are certain things that you're like, oh, I don't prioritize this thing or this doesn't matter as much to me. This is a foundational thing that's important. It makes it so much easier for us to choose where we want to spend our time and how to communicate that and communicating that with your partner, with your friends, with your family, with your colleagues, with your manager. It like you just have a sense of like 
I understand what my foundation is and everything that I do is going to like be based off of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was huge. And so to give a snapshot, there are 117 values on this list. (laughs) So there's a lot to choose from. Um, And again, at first overwhelming, but to go over it And then not only in that moment of being there on that day that we were at the workshop, but then taking it home and really like thinking about, okay, who am I versus who do I want to be versus who do I think I am? And like kind of letting yourself go down that path. Like I would love to be a person who values some of these things, but I'm simply not. And (laughs) I think like that, and I wish I could like, I have the list in front of me right now and I wish I could come up like, I don't know. (laughs) There's so many that I'm like embarrassed to talk about, but there are a lot on here and I think it's totally worth. (laughs) I think like patience. I would love to be a person. I do. I shouldn't say that. I do value patience. I just don't think I um, execute patience the way that I'd like to. Um, Yeah. But there are some on here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, that's not Being because the best. again, <laughs> not a value, not a value. <laughs> um, but it's interesting to like go back and look at the ones that I did circle in that moment. And like that knee jerk reaction is one to pay attention to as well. Um, but what I'd like to do more work on with this is the same as with the mental load, like the guilt that creeps in mm-hmm. that you don't value some of these which is like feels like such a harsh statement but at the end of the day like sometimes you just don't and like having to get okay with that so you can make room for the things that you do actually value and the things that you actively want to make room for um, is a really important practice to take and it it requires like our most honest selves that I think again is is a, a version of ourselves that we don't always like like to let live even though we know that it's the right thing to do um and the shoulds the in well, quotes, yeah. shoulds because there's this piece that's like i should want to volunteer but if it doesn't actually right. fulfill you then like sh- do you really need to do that like why right. what if you what if right. you spent time doing something that gives you that allows you to give back in a way that's like more relevant to the life that you or the values that you follow or that you believe in or that are true to you. Um, Exactly. And I think like shifting the perspective to like, yes, there are things that aren't going to be a priority on this list right now, but maybe they'll come back into play later or at another time in your life. She talked about seasons and I felt like that was super relevant where it's like during the season of my life right now, these are the things that I want to prioritize and the things that I care about. Yeah, I appreciated that she was, like, not trying to act like we can do all these things at once. Because someone specifically asked, like, I want financial stability, but I also want to spend time with my family. (laughs) And there was, like, a real, like, push-pull there, I think, you know, with yourself that says, like, how do you do both? And the short answer is you can't. And the longer version, slightly, is that just not right now. And so how do you, which one are you prioritizing right now for the other? And how do you make um, conscious and um, 
personal trade-offs for what you know you want in the future. And I think that that was, again, a really honest point to make is that like, this isn't like a magic thing that just because you circle a bunch of these that they're just going to happen. Like you have to make choices, you have to make trade-offs, but just visualizing them, understanding the ones that are important to you makes that step that much easier because now you see them and now you can say them out loud. Um, And the one that I was just looking at is like excellence is not a value that I circled. I circled a bunch around excellence, but excellence was not one that I circled because like I know, you know, as a student, I was coasting at a strong... lower level grade like excellence was not top of mind for me um and I it's like embarrassing to admit that but I also think it allows people to connect with you more when you're like oh why like be curious it's not a bad thing to not value certain things unless like you know you take a turn for the worst but it gives you an opportunity to connect with people differently and I think like if we use these as a way to create the life we're excited about, but also use them as a way to connect with the people around us, both that share our values and don't, we create really um, conscious connections that will serve us um, because we're learning. We get to still learn about people who are different from us too. So I think this list serves a lot of great purposes. Um, But for the reason that we used it for at the Can't Do It All workshop with Elena, it was just super eye-opening. It just Mm -hmm. gave me like such a great sense of, okay, like, now let me look at my calendar and let me look who I like who I spend a lot of time with and what I spend a lot of time doing and do they line up with these values and where do I go from here if they don't. Yeah, and I feel like the the moment that we take is like, yes, we learned from this experience and we're obviously talking through the things that resonated uh, with us from like a high level, but like taking the time to actually t- take a seat and like think through this and like reassess and absorb the stuff that we we talked through too has been really helpful as like, I feel like I keep going back to it. Yeah, a thousand percent. I think if anything, like right now that we're, you know, in quarantine and we're social distancing, I actually think this is a super timely thing to do. And not to say like, let's continue to be super productive and get a lot of stuff done. Like take a break, obviously. Um, But if you find yourself like really enjoying this break, think about like what you're taking a break from. Like Mm -hmm. what have you had to step back from because the government said so, that you're like, whew, that's a load off. Like, take that, like, listen to that, figure mm-hmm. out what that means. And, um, you know, again, hopefully Elena will serve us some of this magic again um, when we're allowed to be out and about. Um, but I think I appreciated every part of this because it really allowed us to take a step to to listen to ourselves in a way that we don't give ourselves space to most of the time. Um, And that's really valuable. And now that we have a little bit of extra time to do it, um, I think it would serve us all well to do that. I so agree. And so we'll include uh, some links uh, to Elena on Instagram, which uh, her feed is especially helpful right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Her Instagram (laughs) stories and everything. Um, So we'll link to that. Uh, We'll link to additional resources. And hopefully once we can all attend... uh, events in the future she'll host another workshop because it was amazing or maybe she'll do a virtual one let's encourage her to do that we've said it here elena now you have to do it (laughs) that's awesome because yes rochester brainery is now doing virtual classes which like the way that you know small businesses have you know come bounced 
bounced in some way to still serve our community is just truly incredible. So Danielle, huge shout out to you, owner of Rochester Brainery, who is continuing to bring us all the education via the internet. And we appreciate it. We need it now more than ever. We sure do. All right. Shall we break? Let's break. <laughs> 